Alright folks, we're back here at the JR The Boss Man Show. We were about to be joined by the Charleston Cougars head coach, Earl Grant, here on The Boss Man Show. Coach Grant, how are things down in Charleston, man? Uh, things going good, you know. Um, obviously, we we still got games to play. Um, you know, but right now, got, you know, we, our team has been playing well. Uh, we're doing a good job of sharing the ball and, and uh, being unselfish, and then we've really been able to defend uh, and rebound, playing with great intensity. So, you know, uh, I think things are going well. we still got four regular season games left. So we're just trying to stay the course right now. I hear that, Coach. And, you know, 11-3 and three in CAA play, eight-game winning streak. Uh, how do you keep your team grounded, Coach, and not get complacent with, with the success they're having, knowing that on a given night they can be beaten if they don't bring it, bring it the right way? Well, I mean, I think that's hard. You know, I think the natural tendency, the human, the human factor is if – Things are going real good, and you're hearing good things about yourself. Sometimes it can make you weak, you know. And then when things ain't going too well, obviously, get your back against the wall. You're trying to fight your way out of a hole. You gotta, your antennas are up, and uh, you just got different mentality about you. So, I mean, I think it takes maturity. Um, you know, I think a big thing we talk about is just, you know, being humble, staying grounded. You know, understanding that regardless of what you read or hear, good or bad, it doesn't matter. You got to stay true to the process. You got to chop wood every day. You got to have. You got you got to plant a seed every day, uh, and come to work and just focus on getting better. And you know, don't don't worry about you know uh, the outside world and what they think or what they're saying because you know when you are winning, you hear a lot of good things, and it can make you weak if you ain't careful. And uh, but you know, we got a good older group, uh, so it's been a little easier because of the maturity to try to keep these guys grounded. But I also think, you know, for us, we had a, uh, a very important player miss 10 games early in the year, and we, we, we dealt with some adversity early, so I think the guys got a feel of what it feels like to lose a couple games back-to-back and, and, you know, and, and things not feel too good. So it probably was a blessing that um, – you know, we had to go through a lot of adversity early. And yeah, coach, I like, see so you have an older group coach, especially me and me and major level coaches. It's good to be older. You know, I, I know a lot of coaches like to be young for a little while, but you know, here you having an older group, a good group of upper class who can lead and kind of complete your thoughts for you. Know what you expect in game plan, discipline. Know what you expect, attention detail wise, in practice, and just in simple, uh, even going to a study hall that you know what they stay know what you expect from them. So having an older group. Coach, has to feel good knowing that you don't have to so much be a micromanager per se that you know the guys kind of police themselves for you. Not have to be, you know, how's that be, be the bad guy yourself? I mean, they always say a player led team is better than a coach led team. Uh, you know, players taking ownership, players kind of controlling the locker room because, you know, as a head coach and as an assistant, you're not always in the locker room, you're not always in the dorms. And so it's good to have two or three guys you know, uh, that can be kind of relaying the message that that us as a staff, you know, what we're trying to relay. And so when you've got two or three seniors or juniors who've been around and, you know, they, they've been through some ups and downs and they've they got a pretty good idea of what our culture and our values are about. When you bring in some young guys or a transfer, they can check that guy if need be. So, 
I always, I always feel like it's you know a, a player-led team uh, is better than a coach-led team. I mean, because they got to take some ownership and they got to make good decisions when they're away from staff. Yes, indeed. We got Earl Grant here, the Charleston Cougars out of the CAA here on the Boss Band Show. Now, Coach, uh, your non-conference schedule, Coach, and how much do you attribute your team starting conference play to playing that tough non-conference schedule, getting in touch with some of those quality opponents, but to present some challenges to you that you may see in Big South play and beyond it if you're so fortunate to go beyond the Big I mean, the Colonial Athletic League play. Well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously we wanted to schedule it tough. Um, you know, going into this season, you know, we said, hey, look, we need to play against some teams that are picked to win their league. We knew once we figured out we were going to be picked to win the CAA in terms of the preseason prediction, we said, well, you know, it would be nice from a psychological standpoint to play against some teams that's picked to win their league that may be in, you know, a league that's so-called or viewed to be higher level in our conference. And so we went out and played Wichita State on the road. They were picked to win the American. And we played Rhode Island, you know, who's now in the top 20 that was picked to win the Atlantic 10. Um, you know, certainly when we scheduled those games, we were, we were planning on scheduling and having a healthy full roster. Uh, we ended up playing that game, both of those games, without you know, a very important player of ours, uh, Jarrell Brantley. So we had to play a younger guy in this position. But we, we competed really well with Rhode Island. I had a chance to win the game. Uh, and then at uh, Wichita State, you know, we beat them in the second half, but we dug such a big hole in the first half. I think we were down 18 at half, 18 or 19 and a half, and then we ended up losing by 14, 15, somewhere in there. But, but you know, I think playing those type of games in the in the atmospheres were good because uh, what we referenced it to when we were playing those games is, hey, look, these are, these are CAA games. This guy's going to be able to play against one of the better teams in our league, and you ain't, we're going to have to be better. And so I think it really helped us by playing a tough non-conference schedule. Now, Coach, how are his few skills in these games, Coach? Because I know it is, Charleston is a national brand. I knew you was the college of Charleston back in the day, but then he is Charleston. So, now, being a national brand like that, how hard is it for you to schedule games? I know a lot of them, high-range guys don't want to play you at your place for sure, and they don't want to give you any any, any money to come beat, beat them either. So, how hard is it for you to schedule those games? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, um, I think when you, in my first year here, it wasn't as hard to schedule games. And we were able to get some people to come in here and play us because obviously we were coming off a really tough year. My first year, I think we went 9-24 and 24, uh, about four years ago. So that next year, uh, we were able to get LSU to come play us at home. And they had an unbelievable freshman, Ben Simmons, and... You know, I guess they had chalked it up as a as a win. Uh, we 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 had a great recruiting class, so we played a lot of freshmen. And so LSU comes to town, and we were up forty to seventeen and a half. And so, you know, I think as we started to have some success and programs started to turn around, it was harder to get people to come play us at our place. Um, but you know, we we've been privileged and, and very fortunate to be able to play in some good tournaments. Uh, we were able to start that series with Rhode Island on the road, so we'll have them coming back to play us next year. You know, the UNC Charlottes, uh, we were able to get them, you know, get them on the schedule, and, and they'll be coming back. And so, uh, and, and Oklahoma State, you know, we started a series with them coming up. So we were able to schedule, but it's just you got to be very creative, and uh, certain teams just don't want to play you, especially when you start to get old and you start to get experience. 
and you got talent returning on your roster. You got that right, Coach. And I think I would love to Coach Charleston's for a little against the getaway for wherever I'm at. You know, I think you're in a good location recruiting-wise and playing a game-wise. So let's talk about a little bit, Coach, the location of your Charleston for us, you know, getting games to play and also getting recruits that want to come to a nice part of the, of the country, night night right in South Carolina down there on the coast there. So how how is it for you when you're trying to get guys to commit to come on down there and play for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, we're on the coastline. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's it's one of the best cities in the world. You know, it's beautiful here. Um, you know, the weather's nice. Um, you, you got unbelievable restaurants. You're on the beach. Um, palm trees. I mean, so it's unbelievable. I mean, it's a great place. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody who visits uh, here for a weekend leaves uh Excited, they want to. They want. They they probably pretty frustrated when they have to leave. They want to stay a day or two extra, you know. So it's a really really neat place. Uh, we've been able to recruit because I know people come down to re- the recruits that we bring to campus. They really really enjoy the atmosphere and just the energy in the city. Doesn't matter if it's spring break. Doesn't matter if it's uh, you know schools in schools out. Uh, there's energy in the city because so many people come here to visit. Uh, we got great facilities, you know, it's an unbelievable campus, so we got a lot to sell. It's a big-time situation. It's one of the best hidden secrets, I think, in the South. Um, so I think, that's, and I think that's a big reason why we've been able to go out and recruit. But we got some of the best restaurants uh, here, and, and it's just a great, great place, you know. So I'm fortunate to be here, and uh, I'm excited about, you know, trying to build the program and, and getting us to another level. And, Coach, look at your team stats, Coach, and I noticed that you got balance going across the board, three guys averaging double figures, you got balance rebounding, five guys pretty much getting for three boards a game for you. And I, and I spoke to you a little earlier how you want guys to share the basketball, rebound the ball, and they feeling like crazy. So I feel like your stats echo what you want your team to accomplish each, each night out there on the court for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we, we built on defense and rebounding. Uh, and sharing the ball, you know, being unselfish. Defense, rebounding, sharing the ball. You know, we've been very good at taking care of the ball. That's another big one. We don't want to just throw it away. We want to make good decisions. But uh, I think, you know, that's what we built on. And and we've been able to guard and be one of the better defensive teams in our conference and in the country. You know, I do think the program right now is going through a little bit of metamorphosis where, we, we still want to defend and rebound, but because of the talent and because of the guys that we have that can really score the ball offensively, then we've had to, um, you know, really kind of change a little bit. Our, not so much change our identity, but we, we've, uh, we've evolved a little bit because, uh, you know, my first two years we were scoring in the 60s. You know, now, you know, Nobody's surprised if we get 80, you know, because I think the recruiting and the talent level, you know, has forced us to play a little faster, uh, get up and down a little bit more, and has forced us to play four guards at times and play smaller, uh, spread people out so shots are going up quicker. Um, and I just think the program and, and, you know, who we are as a team, you know, we like I said, we're going through metamorphosis. We still want to defend and rebound at a high level. But, you know, I think when you have the talent that we have, you know, we have to let them go and play. And we talk a lot about, you know, discipline, freedom. You know, I don't want the players looking at me wondering if they can take a shot or, you know, if they can go be aggressive. When we get stops, you know, we, we let them go. And, um, and I think, you know, we, 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 we 
been able to score more because the fast break opportunities, you know, we call it spray and play where we want to get layups, dunks, fouls, you know, in the first eight seconds if we can, and an occasional three. Uh, so, you know, we've been able to really get out and run at fast break because we've been playing great defense. But with the four-guard lineup and sometimes playing a smaller guy at the five, we've just been very um, potent in the open court. And, uh, Coach, I want to ask you about uh, about your basketball history here, Coach, a little bit. Uh, who are some guys who inspired you to get into coaching business, inspired you to be working with student athletes, growing young men into good husbands and fathers and community men? So let's talk a little bit, Coach, who are some of your mentors and got you into this business here that we, that we all love as a college basketball coach. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it started, um, I mean, my high school coaches started there, but, you know, kind of drop a bug on me. But really my college coach, you know, I played at Georgia College down in Millersville, Georgia. And uh, a guy named Terry Sellers, man, just, you know, I'm not 100% sure how I ended up in that little town, but, you know, just how he fostered, uh, first of all, he had a lot of talent in there when I went down to visit, but how he fostered a, a team atmosphere, putting the team before yourself, forcing you to be brothers, you know, on the court, off the court. Uh, you know, this was an unbelievable man with him and his wife and how they took care of us. You know, I think it started there, but then I, you know, was very fortunate to continue to move on from there and get a job at the Citadel where a guy named Pat Dennis really done a good job of, of you know, teaching me how to work. And, uh, you know, he was a blue-collar grinder, and, and he taught me how to work. And then, um, you know, Greg Marshall, you know, gave me an opportunity, certainly – Greg used to be an assistant coach here at College of Charleston when I was in high school here in the city. I grew up here in the city, so I knew him, you know, from back in high school when he was an assistant here for John Chris. But he gave me a great opportunity to come work for him at Winthrop, and I did that for three years. We had fantastic success, got to the NCAA tournament, was top 25. And then we, we got an opportunity to go to Wichita, and, and you know, we just fell into an uh, unbelievable program with a lot of resources and support. And we were able to start the beginnings of a Final Four program. So left there, went to Clemson. Uh, Brad Burnell, you know, gave me four years there. Uh, he's one of the best coaches in the business. Um, you know, this he just he had a tough job when we got there, but now the job is better with the new facilities and the new AD and president putting so much into it. But I uh, learned a lot there. And so I would say this is a collection of my my guys who I coach with. Uh, and work with is all it's kind of been an accumulation i learned something from all of them um that was really really good and and i try to take bits and pieces from all of them to you know kind of and put it into our program here in charles now coach as, as part of my platform here in atlanta i try to give uh african-american coaches like yourself a platform as me i'm an african-american host you know you know i feel like that's my duty to give you guys a platform a lot of you guys don't get a chance to get on on the radio on national markets here, like like on my show here so coach uh what does it mean for you if you have from african-american been african-american coach in this business uh helping african-american young men get degrees uh be first graduating in their families get show them how to be men show them how to be leaders in, in our community so talk a little bit about that, how it feels you be an african-american coach and try to help the african American young men as it's been back history month here in the month of, month of, month of february here well you know what's amazing about that you know um it's kind of weird you know i never really think I, i've been doing this since 2000 coaching and i work with uh i've i've, I've never worked with an african-american 
head coach. Um, and so, and, and until I got to Clemson, I never was on the staff with another African-American. So I never really thought about, you know, a coach as an African-American or a white guy, Caucasian, whatever. You know, I just thought about coaching and trying to help the kids and mentor them and, and, and come to work and teach them how to be a man and be responsible and accountability, responsibility, hard work, understanding nobody going to hand anything to you. You know, so, but then as you, sometimes I think about it when people bring it to me the way you just brought it to me or somebody asks me how does it feel to be the first black coach you had to come to I do think about it sometimes and I reflect on it. And the only thing for me is, you know, I just want to do a good job in the position and move this program forward, leave some footprints in the sand so other people will have opportunities uh, after me. So I just feel a responsibility. I know there's not a lot of um, African-American head coaches in the, in the business or in the profession, so I just want to do a good job so you know, that next young man who want to be a coach and have an opportunity, maybe somebody will give them an opportunity because they say, hey, look, these guys are doing a good job. So, um, you know, I think that's inspiring. That's, that's a lot of motivation for me and others. Uh, but, you know, it's weird because in 18 years of coaching, you know, you just never think of it like that about, you know, race or what color or black or white. And you just, you just coaching. You just love the game. You love being in the locker room. And you just never think of it. And then, you know, again, the last couple of years, I had to think of it because people have brought it to my attention. <laughs> yeah. And um, probably more now, uh, in the last two or three years, people have brought it to my attention where I never thought about it. You know, so it's kind of been interesting. But it also made me realize I have a responsibility to be a guardian of this game and try to do a good job so somebody else can get an opportunity. Yeah, coach. You know, like I said, I'm 30 years old, and I'm blessed to have a radio show on the Manai Market for media in the country and here in Atlanta. So I just try my best to give any African American a platform here. I love covering HBCU schools as well. I'm part of Tennessee State University. Dana Ford probably on the staff, okay. was on staff with you at Wichita State, maybe. You know, that's the, one of my yeah, good yeah. friends. So I try to give everybody in our platform and just be the best I can, like you said do a good job and leave the footprints so the, the more guys are going to get in broadcasting behind me and have a way to go and I've paved the way for those guys to, to be successful I've, I've long retired it's like kind of how, how you feel about coaching absolutely absolutely yeah. and you know Dana Dana Ford is a good friend of mine you know, we work together at Winthrop and, um, and Wichita State and so we probably talk every day and um, you know so he, he's doing a great job at Tennessee State uh, I think he got that same feeling you know that responsibility of just trying to do a good job so uh, somebody else can get an opportunity uh, behind them. And um, and I really appreciate you having me on. You know, um, you know, we, we, we're just trying to do a good job. We, you know, really a lot of times in this profession, you, know, you just kind of got your head down and you, you're working. You're working and, and um, you're trying to stay the course. It's a process. It's a lot of time to go into it. And um, usually you don't look up until the end of the season. So, uh, I really appreciate you having me, and, and uh, you know, I, it's a great opportunity to be on your show. Yes, indeed, Coach. Well, I'll do for you the best of luck here as you go through CAA play, and I hope to have you on again in March when you're going to the tournament, hopefully. That's, all. That's my hope and prayer for you, Coach, and your team, man. 
Well, I appreciate it, man. And like I said, you know, keep up the good work. And if you need me, you know how to reach me. Yes, indeed, folks. It's Earl Grant from the Boss Man Show. People with Charleston Cougars. Check them out on Twitter. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. 
It goes down and clicks. Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. We're back in the JR the Boss Man show. We're going to talk to one of our favorite guests we had on last year from Nickel State, the Colonels, Richie Riley on the show. Coach Riley, I see you're doing things down there at Nichols, man. I'm, I'm so happy for you, man. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. I, I can't complain, and I appreciate you having me on. As usual, it's always a pleasure to get on here and, and talk some ball and talk about our program with you. And it, it just means a lot for you to take time and, and have us on here. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a good season so far. We're right in the middle of a six-game stretch here to finish off the season, and we're trying to trying to stay at the top. So it's a fight every single day, but we're excited about the challenge. Yeah, Coach, I noticed in your standings, Coach, it would be New Orleans one week, it's you. It's always going up and down. It's always You're always swapping who's in the lead. So it's, to me, it speaks, speaks to how good of a conference Southland Conference is, is that all the competition between your schools at the top. It's always challenging to me to bring your A game every night, or you can be beat or lose some position one way or another. There's no question. There's so much depth in our league. We want to, we've got more teams that are over 500 in our league than almost almost any league in the country when you take out the Power Five. And it's just a statement to the depth in our league. There's great coaching, great players, great teams, and it is. It's a it's a fight up top right now. We've got a one game lead, and then there's four teams tied for second. And it's just every night's a fight. And and down the stretch, there's a lot of key matchups where. There's a chance for separation for whoever wins those games, and you know we're working every day to prepare ourselves to get ready. Um, tomorrow we got Sam Houston State, who's in second place right now, one game behind us. So it's it's a first it's a first place matchup tomorrow night at home. Yeah, coach, and you like to see two in conference play. It's currently on seven game winning streak, coach. So talk to me about what's been the key factors in your mind that spurred this streak for you to win these seven games in a row, being ten into a conference play. What pretty much caused it, Coach? You know, we're doing a nice job defensively. Early on in the non-con slate, we have to play a lot of money games, and we were playing the Villanovas of the world. And we kind of played different. We played at a more frantic pace and tried to create more chaos and, you know, more possessions. And, it's, you know, it was it was a good plan for trying to steal some games early on. And now we've settled in. Our half-court defense has drastically improved. Uh, we're guarding the ball a lot better. Our ball screen coverage is a lot better. And it's allowed us to, you know, get stops. And our, our percentage right now is the best in the Southland as far as defensive field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage. And we're forcing 
a lot of turnovers, and it it allows our guys to get out and transition our playmakers to be able to make plays. And I would think that's been the biggest change, and the biggest reason for our success is is our ability to get stops on the defensive end. We got Richard Rowley here on the Boss Man Show, coach of Nickel State Colonels here with me now, coach. What do you say about your guys buying into your culture? As in year in year two, you you got the team ten two conference play overall sixteen nine. And playing well non-conference late into the conference late. So what do you say about you and your culture in the year two, how the guys are buying in with the results you're having on the court so far? I've been so proud, man. I'm blessed to get to coach these guys every single day and how they've bought into what what we're teaching. Um, we had we had eight new guys, and we set out two guys who are our two leading scorers last year. So they were part of our program last year from the standpoint of practicing every day and learning what we do and it it went a long way because that's the two leaders on our team and they you know they got to see it for a year and and really bought into getting better last year and and seeing the league and they wanted to wanted to flip this thing and they wanted to turn us into a contender in our league and you know they've been able to help us do that and then the new guys that came in the Kamani Jacksons and the legend Robertons and our two freshmen Kevin Johnson and Raji Lyons have bought into to what we're doing and we have a group that all they care about is winning they just care about winning, and they and they care about family, and that's who we are as a program. You know, it's a family-first program. I've got two sons that are around our program all the time. My wife's my best friend, and she's around all the time, and our players feel that, and that's just that's who we are as a staff. We spend a lot of time with them, and I think that's the only way that you can do it if you want to get the most out of your guys. If you're going to coach them hard, you got to love them that much more, and we do that, and our guys have – have bought in and took on a selfless attitude and you know and i think that attributes the most to our success because we're a family we play for each other and and our guys all they care about is winning and i think that's been huge to our success and coach hearing that is so refreshing to me because coach uh i had a guest come on the show and talk to me about how when he gets his guys on his roster it may often be sick coach because i felt when you signed the contract those are your guys, and how you talking about that you're a family, you <laughs> loved on them, and just bought they bought into you, you bought into them. It basically, happened to hit it because after I heard what I heard on one of my previous interviews this week about how the guy pretty much said when he gets his guys, it'll be okay. It about made me sick, coach. Yeah. No, when you make when you take on a job. Last year, we inherited seven seniors. I didn't recruit those guys. I didn't know them until I stepped foot on campus here at Nichols, and I adopted those guys as my own. And they, they're still my own. They're, a lot of those guys are playing overseas right now. I talk to them a lot. And, you know, I, I help them, you know, make decisions if they if they ask my advice on, you know, what direction they should go, whether it's in basketball or whether it's in life. And, you know, we didn't recruit those guys, but they, they're family to me till the end of time. And, obviously, it's the same way when you build a relationship recruiting a kid. Um, I tell them, you know, if, if you don't like being part of a family and you don't like spending time with the guys that coach you and, and spending time with my little kids. I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, both boys. If you don't like all that, then this isn't the place for you. And the guys that we have here love it. Like, they love it, and that's why they play so hard, man, and that's why they're so selfless is because they feel that, and they see guys come back here that played here last year and, and the relationship that we have and all that we do to try to help them, and they know that we'll do the same for them. and. You know, I'm big into that, man. I'm big into that. It's more than X's and O's, more than, you know, all that stuff. The more together you are and the more they know that you care about them and, and it's genuine, then 
that gives you a chance to be successful. And I, I really believe that that's why we're having the year that we're having. Yes, indeed, Coach. Talk to us about this, Coach. How big is your duo of Roddy and Savon been for your team this year? And what are the contributions mean to your team and the program as a whole? You know, I really think those two guys are, are two of the most, two of the best players that people that people don't know a lot about. You know, I think that, you know, when you're playing in the South, and obviously there's not very much media coverage down here um, in our league, and, you know, people don't get to see those guys night in and night out. Um, I've coached at the high major level at Clemson. I've coached at UAB, which is basically a high major. And I'm telling you, these two guys can play almost anywhere in the country. Uh, how hard they work, the type of people they are. And just, you know, the thing that sticks out to me about both those guys is the gratitude and appreciation for another opportunity to be successful. And they kind of took it and ran with it. And they're just a joy to coach every single day. And when you when you break down their games, they're just so dynamic and versatile. When you have Roddy Peters as your point guard, he's 6'4", 200 pounds. And he's extremely fast with the ball. He plays downhill. He's a great passer. And then you've got Tavon Sadler, who's 6'6", 220, that can play multiple positions. You know, in our league, he can, he can even play the four. So he can play one through four. Um, another guy can really pass, um, plays in the paint, just a strong finisher. He's also our emotional leader. Um, just tough. He's got that, I tell him, Baltimore toughness. He's from Baltimore. and I mean, Any kid I've ever had from Baltimore is extremely tough, and he's no different. And, you know, he's... Those two guys have, have elevated our program to where it is now. I mean, Nichols has had one winning season in the last 21 years, and we have an excellent chance to, to make that two this season. So my appreciation for those two guys is, is as high as it gets because what they've came in and have done for our program and continue to do every day. Now, coaches, I very well your stats, Coach. I know it's the fact that you got six guys – Averaging nine over nine points a game and balance rebounding with nine guys with at least three boards a game. So, coach, I feel like sharing the basketball, attacking the glass, and defending like crazy has been your top three talking points all year long with your team. It has, it has. And you know the thing, the thing we really believe in is there's different guys that step up every single night, and it's really been true for us. There's nights that you know our leading scorers haven't played well. You can go back to the Incarnate Word game here at home and. And Roddy Peters didn't score. He averages 19 a game, almost 20. And we won the game by 17 points because different guys step up every night. And that's, you know, it's been it's been a group approach all year long. You know, Roddy and Tavon get most of the headlines because of the numbers they put up. But you look at guys like Javon Powell, Kamani Jackson, our two freshmen, Kevin Johnson, Raji Lyons, they've all had games of 16-plus uh, sometime or another. And they all impact the game in different ways. Javon's our best perimeter defender. Kamani Jackson's our, our post presence inside. He plays the four for us. And then even like Lafayette Rutledge, who's one of the best shooters in our league, has had multiple games where he's hit five or more threes. So we like to use our depth, and I think each guy brings something else to the, to the table. And, you know, a big thing we preach all the time is, is do your job. Everybody in our program understands their role. And it's defined clearly when they get here. And the beauty of our team is everybody has bought into their role. That always doesn't happen. And I think that's the trademark of good teams when every single person on the team buys into their role and they accept it and they, you know, relish in doing that role the best that they can. And we have a group that has done that. 
Now, Coach, did you see that your team of media is good in summer workouts? Did you kind of get the feel from workouts in the summer and the spring and through early fall that, wow, we, we may, may have some here. We may be pretty good this year. Yeah, we loved the class that we signed, and we obviously knew we had Roddy and Tavon sitting out, and we returned Javon Powell, Lafayette Rutledge, and Steve Repachowski, who were two of them were double-figure scorers, and another one was a starter. So we liked those guys we had coming back. And then we were able to get out and sign a couple of grad transfers and Legend Robertson from Clemson, Kamani Jackson from Colorado State. And then the two freshmen we were able to bring in that were vastly under-recruited from right here in our area. So we liked our talent. We took a trip to the Bahamas, a foreign tour, which allowed us to have 10 practices in the summer and then go to the Bahamas and play three games. And it gave us experience playing together in it. It let us spend time together, which was more important than anything to get to know each other because we had so many new faces. And we felt good about our team. You know, the funny thing is, the great question, the funny thing is, is we started the season and I thought we would click a lot quicker than we did. I thought we would, would play better in the nine kind, even though it was a tough slate. You know, we raced over $400,000 in money games and I knew it would be tough, but I thought we would click a little quicker and, we didn't. It took us a minute to mesh. It took us a minute to get used to playing together and figure out what lineups work best. And since we got to the league, I thought if we could just stay together and, and fight through the nine count, when we got to the league, I thought we'd have a chance. And, you know, and we have. We put ourselves in a great position with six games to play, and we got to keep getting better every day and, and be able to finish the job. Yeah, those money games make, make the AD real happy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially here, there's no question, and it, it, it's part of it. I, I understand. I understood when I took the job last year, and it's part of it. And it's a good way to get better too. You know, I joke and say, I wish we only had to play one or two. But sometimes, when you get to the league after you've played the tough teams that we did, you know, mostly all on the road in the non-con, it it hardens you up a little bit, makes you tough. And when you get to the league, if you can hold it all together and continue to get better, it gives you a real chance to have a successful conference season. Now, Coach, looking at your roster as well, Coach, I see a good blend of experience guys as you're talking about. So, do you feel like the playing experience these guys have, that you keep them focused, you you know they tell attention to detail, have a game plan discipline that, hey, they give you advantage to go through late February and into March, hopefully, and beyond? Yeah, that's certainly the plan. That's how we put this team together. You know, our motto with our team all year long, and I believe in this, this way I live too, is burn the boats. And that's in everything in our locker room. It's on all our shirts. I've got an oar in my office with a big nickels in on it. And, you know, burn the boats is if me and you decided to go take over an island somewhere, me and you got on a boat and we took off over there and we jumped off the boat and we got up on that island and we started fighting and scrapping to take over the island and we started getting whipped and we started getting beat up pretty good. The easy thing, human nature, is to go get on that boat and come on back home, get back into Atlanta and get back home and forget that we even tried it. Exactly. But if you burn your boat, if you burn the boat when you get off that thing, then you ain't got no way back home. That, that, you that, that is you your home. Grab it. It, yeah, that is your home. So you got to conquer or be conquered. And that's been our motto, and that's something I live by um, all year long. No excuses. There is no end result that we're satisfied with unless it is being the best. And that's what we're fighting for every day. It's why it's important we get better. It's why we work. And our experience does help. You know, our motto, burn the boats, really fits with a lot of our guys because it's their their last go-around. You know, it's their, their seniors. It's their last chance 
to be on a championship team and their last chance to have a chance to get to an NCAA tournament. So it's been a great model for us to live by with the experienced guys we got, and it's it's helped us in a lot of ways to use that, and it's it gives us some motivation. It's been really good for us. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach, I think you're doing a great job, Coach, and I'm just happy for you and your program because I see you're having success and, you know, your guys are buying in. I can only imagine the big things you have coming at Nichols down the road with the foundation you've already laid there for, for your program and your team. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be on, and you do a great job. And any anytime I can get on here and talk with you for a little bit, it's it's such a it's such a pleasure. Yes, indeed, Coach Rod. Thank you for those kind words, man, and good luck against Sam Houston State. Hopefully, you get there win and get some Rockets all this weekend as well, Coach. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Richard Riley and the Boss Special People. man jc the host with the most baby and it goes down each and every saturday night right here in the city of memphis that's right y'all it goes down at clicks sports bar memphis baby 3705 malco way memphis tennessee 38125 come out and join us the three kings each and every saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city everybody gets in free till 10 p.m only five dollars after great food we got drink specials we got all kind of games man we got the pool tables popping whatever you want we got you man come on out have a good time with us each and every saturday night that's clicks sports bar memphis Back in the Gerald the Boss Man Show, and we'll be joined by the Weber State Wildcats head coach Randy Ray on the Boss Man Show. Coach Ray, how are things out there in Utah, man? Everything's good. Everything's good. You know, we're just uh, plugging along. It's the middle of February, and uh, kind of got the dog days going here. But uh, but it's uh, I got a, I got a really great group of kids to coach. I love coaching them, and they're hanging in there, and and they uh, they're getting better. So everything's fine. And yes, Coach, and I see you guys attending to in the Big Sky play. You know, you got a good streak here going, winning wise, Coach. And I must ask you, uh, what's been the key factors for you in getting these guys on this streak? And what kind of turns for you to see your, with your team that they're defending better, they're rebounding better, they're sharing the ball better? What kind of click, 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 click for you guys, Coach? Well, we have gotten better, which, uh, you know, we've been uh, – we the preseason, we've, uh, we've been dealing with some injuries. You know, I lost a starter uh, for the year – we lost another kid that was going to play a bunch for us who hasn't been healthy all, really all year. And so we finally got a team together for the first time, basically, uh, like three weeks ago. And, 
And so ever since then, if we can stay healthy with this group, we've been getting better. And I think the biggest thing is defensively, we've we've embraced that side of the ball and, and rebounding the ball much better. And, and when we do that and we, we get stops, we're a better offensive team. We kind of feed off of it. And uh, but the kids have, uh, you know, we're not we're not great, but it's more the sum of our parts than it is probably our individual talent, which is always a fun team type of team to coach and. So, yeah, we're just continuing to grow, and I think defensively and rebounding is the things we've improved probably the most. Now, Coach, did your growth come from playing quality opponents and non-conference skills? I know you know about a couple of, about one of your good players that had injuries, and you finally got your whole team back together. Do you feel like that adversity in non-conference play, playing quality opponents has helped spur you on a little bit as well because you've seen these challenges, you've experienced some things against high-level competition or some guys you don't see all the time and kind of work on some things that you can point to now and help them as they move forward here in February into March, hopefully. Yeah, no question, JR. I mean, we've always, we always play an extremely difficult schedule. You know, uh, we can't get, uh, we just can't get teams to come here and play us. We can't get home games in the preseason. And uh, so we're on the road a lot. And uh, we try to put together as difficult a schedule as we can. We always play in a, you know, in a really competitive tournament every year. And, and then we end up playing a lot of road games. And uh, we always feel like that can, uh, that can really battle test you. You know, when you play, find out your, your warts a lot quicker. And so you can improve and, and, and get better at the, the weaknesses that you do have. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's helped us, you know, and uh, and then hopefully by the time you get to the league, uh, you've got things sorted out a little bit, and, and you can really start to uh, to improve as a team and figure it out. So, yeah, it's definitely helped us for sure. Now, Coach, I can only imagine the tough thing is trying to schedule games when you're – because for me, I view you as a national brand, Coach, because we were state. I don't know about you guys when I was a younger kid. So I'm, 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 I'm in my 30s now, Coach. I heard about you all years ago. You know, I was in tournament games. We didn't <laughs> cause an upset. So I can only imagine when a coach hears Weber State, they might not, nah, I don't really want to go out there and play them. We might want to come to us or we might, nah, we don't give no money to come beat us. So I can only imagine, you know, the things you hear trying to get these games against a few guys. Yeah, it's probably the most frustrating thing about our job, to be honest, JR. It's, you know, we'd like to get more home games for our fans. We'd like to get, you know, quality opponents in here. Uh, the only way we seem to be able to get a quality opponent is go two for one, you know, which we're doing that this year, you know, with Fresno State. We're going to go there twice, and they're going to come to our place once. And I don't like to do that too much. You don't want to sell your soul, but... But we'll do that now and then to get a quality opponent. Uh, anything we can do to get somebody in here, and and uh, but it is frustrating, you know. We'd like to like say play more home games. I think uh, in my 12 years, we've averaged three preseason home games a year, and that's not a lot. Um, so it's just, but it is the way it is, and uh, we, you know, we welcome the challenge to go out there and and play more road games, and we uh, we love the uh, like I said, we love the challenge of it. We go out there and try to compete and get better. And coach, also about I love love about your league. The big sky is you all are a transfer league, and you also get high school freshman league. I feel like your league is a great balance of high school freshmen and also transfers because you get those guys who play out in the Pac-12 or the Mountain West, and then get the opportunity they want to and come to your your level and be world beaters and play like crazy and have a, and probably should be at the level anyway. But they play it all in a league where it's quality coaching and quality talent as well in your league there. It is, you know, that's, you know, I, I think everybody, whatever league you're in, you, you, you know how strong it is and how good it is, and, and the big sky is no different. Uh, since I've been here, the league has just gotten better and better and better, and 
the talent level has kicked up a whole bunch since I've been here, and uh, the coaching is terrific. Uh, there's there's good there's really good players, you know. Uh, there's it's gotten to the point where there's a potential pro or two. Seems like every other year uh, coming out of this league. So great league, and uh, like I said, it's become really balanced. And uh, the thing top to bottom has gotten stronger. Everybody's picked up more, you know, better players. And it is, it's, uh, you know, we, we deal a lot with high school freshmen. Uh, it's kind of, we recruit that. But every once in a while, you can pluck a, a transfer. And I know a lot of other teams in our league go the JUCO route, Division One transfer route, or even graduate transfer route. And, and that's why the, uh, I think the influx of talent has grown so quickly. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a quality league, and every night's a battle. And, and uh, like I said, really good players and really good coaches. Now, Coach, looking at your stats, I loved how you got the balance scoring across the board. Four guys in double figures. You got balance rebounding, like you said earlier, six guys with three, oh, average over three, three rebounds a game. In a college team, that's pretty it's pretty darn good there. So, and I, I can see how where your principles are sharing the basketball, attacking the glass, and defending like crazy are coming out just by looking at your stats here. Yeah, you know, we're, we're just, like I told you before, I think we're more, it's more the sum of our parts uh, that makes us a pretty good basketball team. Uh, it's not probably our individual talent. It's just not. I don't think we're, you know, one of as talented as three or four teams in our league this year. Um, this year, we're, it's the youngest team I've had for a while, and uh, and we're lacking depth because of injury. We're only playing about seven guys, and and so I've been really pleased with our guys how they they've grown up, you know, from being a pretty young team, and guys have embraced the fact that it's got to be our team. It's not our individual talent, and. And uh, we do, uh, we share the ball well. Our guys rely on each other. Uh, we know that we've got to play together on both ends of the court to have a chance to be successful. And uh, the kids have bought into that, and they really uh, embrace it. And it's a fun team to coach because we do know we have to rely on each other, and, and uh, we're going to have to play well as a, uh, as a collective unit uh, to have a chance to be successful. And, and this team's just they've kind of found a way to win close games. You know, every game in conference play has been very, very close and, uh, and they found a way to win some, uh, close ones so far. And hopefully we can find a way to win a, uh, a few more. Now coach playing seven guys, uh, how tough is that for us managing practices and not wearing them out too much and any games trying to do, give the minutes out. So, you know, guys don't gas out and say in the second, second half there. You know, it's a challenge, Joe. It just is. And uh, we do, we are, we're able to play five on five in practice because I do have some walk on kids and, and we do get up and down. But right now, this time of the year, uh, it's as much managing energy uh, as it is anything. And uh, as I told the kids yesterday, I said, one thing that's really key to our team right now is we need to really make sure we're still enjoying the process. Uh, we have to enjoy the process, have fun with the competition and play with great team spirit and enthusiasm. You see a lot of teams this, this time of the year. I watch games on TV, and I don't see a lot of teams or some teams having much fun out there. It's the grind of February, and uh, you got to make sure you keep your enthusiasm, keep your spirit, and enjoy the process of trying to get better. And, and, uh, but it is tough, you know, when you play seven, and, and sometimes uh, a lot of those guys are logging a lot of minutes, and, so we got to manage them during the week in practice to make sure we're pushing them, holding them accountable for everything that they're supposed to be doing and playing hard enough, but also making sure that they do uh, keep their energy up and, uh, and making sure they're enjoying the, the process. And, Coach, I also feel like this, that, you know, with your non-conference skills going on the road a lot, 
you build that team chemistry and that bond and that togetherness as well, which is helping you now because you're becoming a team again because you know you need each other. I feel like they're on the road and those bonds kind of are one of a kind that get kind of get guys to buy into each other when you're out there by yourself and there's you and your, and your guys and you're hooping. No question, yeah. And we've got a very, very close-knit group. You know, I we talk about the culture of our program, you know, all the time. That's the most important thing to me about our program is our culture and and it's based on character, trust, and togetherness, and we're all about relationships. And and uh, this team has really got, become a very close-knit team, like a lot of our teams have, and, and they really, really enjoy each other. Uh, we just came off last weekend, uh, a nine-hour bus trip, and uh, we get back late Sunday, and on Monday, all the guys, I gave them the day off, and all the guys are hanging out together and <laughs> doing things together, and I absolutely love it. You know, that's, that's who they are. We're a family. We're very close, and... Uh, and when you have that type of uh, uh, that type of culture and the family atmosphere, you know when things don't go well, you can hang in there and fight through adversity, and guys will stay together. And and this time of the year, you know the character of your team is what gets you through it. And and I've got a bunch of high character guys that that really love each other and play for each other. And and so uh, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever happens this time of the year, we can survive it and move on from it. And, Coach, you got a, a good little road swing here this weekend with Portland State going to coach against Barrett Peary, new coach up there, Sacramento State. So it's looking to hear these games for you guys in preparation. So what, what are you trying to tell your guys as you get ready to go to Portland State for this first game of this week weekend swing here? Well, it's always, you know, it's always hard on the road, obviously. And this time of the year, it's even harder. You know, guys are tired of travel and everything. But uh, they've, kind of, they've got one of the more talented teams in our league. Uh, they've got six seniors, very senior-dominated team, uh, and they play a style of play that's different than everybody else in our league. Where for they, they're pressing and, and full-court pressing for 40 minutes. They play a high-pressure brand of basketball. They play extremely fast on offense, and it's just different than most of our teams in our league. So getting prepared for what we're going to see uh, in, a, uh, in an environment where they're going to uh, they're going to be. It's going to be a little bit of a hornet's nest in there. And, and so we've got to make sure that uh, that our team understands we're going to have to play with tremendous energy and tremendous aggressiveness and enthusiasm up there to be able to hang in there uh, against a team that is as talented as they are and as fast and energy, uh, high energy as they are. So big challenge. Barrett's done a really good job uh, in his first year up there. And I, like I said, this is a very senior-dominated team, and, and that's a challenge in, its, uh, in of itself. Now, Coach, I was talking to one of your former guys, uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, uh, he's always good guy to talk to. He comes to play the Hawks in Atlanta while I catch him in Memphis. So, uh, could you could share with us what he's meant to the Weber State program? What he's like, I'd like be around him when, you, when he played for you guys. And uh, just what has success now with the Blazers that he's been a leader of that team. He's representing Portland to a, a big degree. And what you see him when you go up there to play the to play Portland State up there? Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get a chance to see them quickly. Uh, they're playing tonight, and uh, Damien is. And there's a group of Weber State people that are that are coming out to Portland today, and they're gonna go watch the game. Damien's gonna meet with them, but uh, and then we'll see them, I'm sure, uh, you know, sometime tonight or tomorrow. And but Damien stays, you know, very close to our to our program. We're family, and and we stay in constant communication with them. And and Damien is uh, uh, comes back every summer. Uh, he'll spend uh, a couple weeks with us. He'll uh, talk to our guys, play with our guys, help our team out, you know, as much as he can. And just being around the community, he, 
you know, I really think he loves it out here. And uh, Damien, this is a place where he can just come out and be Damien and not have to worry about, you know, maybe being overwhelmed with people constantly. And But he is, uh, you know, he's been a great ambassador to our program, um, to our school, and also to our community. He's uh, he's always speaking well of, 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 of everybody out here. And, and I've said this many, many times, you know, Damien's a hell of a player, obviously, you know, a two-time All-Star and, Rookie of the uh, rookie of the year, but he's a he's a hell of a lot better person than he is a, a player, and it's not that close. Tremendous person, extremely humble. Uh, you know, he knows where he came from. Uh, he's just a tremendously hard worker, and very very humble and very grounded. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm really, really proud of him, but I'm more proud of the kind of person he is than the than the things that he's doing on the court. And uh, he's he's genuine and he's true, and I love that about it. You got there, right, Coach? I love I love talking to Damien. He's always been very respectful of me when I talk to him, asking questions on pregame or postgame. He's I never, you know, he always shoots, shoots, gives you a straight answer. He never he never gives you any, any BS either. So that's what I love about Damien as well. He's always straightforward with the media, and he's always been very, very amicable with us as well. And final one I got for you, Coach, this. Uh, I like to ask coaches about this. Uh, I know for me, like Jim Rome and Darren Patrick got me into the business. But for you as a, in the coaching profession, like, who are some guys who inspired you and mentored you as you grew into your coaching career into the position you are today at Weaver State? Well, I'd say I worked for a guy named Stu Morrill, uh, who uh, was at Colorado State for a number of years and then Utah State. And uh, I was with him for 13 years. And uh, he's, he's probably the best coach in the country that nobody knew about uh, because he was a low-profile guy and just kind of, you know, he never beat his chest, and he just he was a heck of a coach. And he's been everything to me. You know, this he taught me he taught me how to coach. He taught me how to recruit. He taught me how to run a program the right way with with dignity and integrity. And and uh, everything that uh, any kind of success that we've been able to have here is as a direct result of everything I've taken from him. And, you know, he's since retired, and uh, but we stay very close. He still lives up in Logan, Utah. And, Anytime I need something or if I'm, I'm wondering about something or I have a question about something, uh, he's right there for me. To, I pick up the phone, and he helps me with not just uh, coaching but everything. And, uh, you know, he's been, he's been wonderful to me, and I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for him. Well, Coach, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Coach. I said I, I loved your program from afar because I've always heard about it as a kid watching the tournament games. We were stayed, and, you know, I like to give mid-major coaches a chance to come on the show. You know, we're number nine players city in the, in the country for in with them radio and the media so i try to give you guys a platform and i want to definitely do that for you guys because i love what damien does and i love to see you you guys in the big sky and i love your conference well. definitely want to give you a platform to come on the show coach and anytime you want to come on the show i talk to the people in atlanta and out here in the south man love to have you on coach you've been great to me this morning and, and i hope to have a relationship with you going forward Absolutely. I really appreciate you thinking of us, JR, and having us on. It means a lot to us. And good luck with everything, and enjoy the All-Star Weekend. Thanks, Coach. You too. Hey, be safe in Portland as well, Coach. Good luck up there. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Her wife was Randy Randy Boston. So, people, Weaver State Wildcats with me today.